Welcome to the May 6, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show, where we do a deep dive market analysis every day and talk about the most interesting stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. This is your host, Space Marine, live from space. So during the work week last week, Bitcoin had a nice little rally, rising from $5,100 on Monday to almost $5,800 on Friday. But after that, Bitcoin has been sideways and volatile. On Saturday, Bitcoin dipped as low as almost $5,500 before surging again to $5,800 Saturday night. But since then, from Saturday night through now, Bitcoin has declined from just over $5,800 down to where it is now at $5,620. And at points over the past 24 hours, Bitcoin has slid just below $5,600. So it seems like we have resistance at $5,800 and the support is between $5,500 and $5,600. So that's the trading range we're kind of in now until we could break through that $5,800 resistance level, hopefully, or go down below the support level, which is near 5550 Since Bitcoin has declined over the past 24 hours from 5750 24 hours ago to about 5620 now, the crypto market is generally in the red. It's a little bit mixed. There are a couple of major cryptocurrencies that are slightly in the green, but for the most part, Most cryptocurrencies are down over the last 24 hours. Ethereum is up 0.2%. It's near $164. And by the way, the Bitcoin market cap is at $100 billion now. And the Ethereum market cap is just over $17 billion. Ripple is down 1.1%. Bitcoin Cash is down 2.7%. Litecoin is down 3.7%, near $73. EOS is down 3%. Binance Coin down 4%, near $22. Stellar down 2.3%, Cardano down 2.4%, Tron up 1.3%, Monero down 1.3%, Dash down 1.4%, Bitcoin SV down 3.6%, and then we see Cosmos, which has just recently appeared on the coin market cap listings. It is down 4% this morning and went down a little bit over the weekend after a very strong week where it was going up 10% on multiple days. IOTA is down 3.4%. Tezos down 1.6%, and then Dogecoin is down 5.2%. So fairly bearish morning on the crypto market, and the total crypto market cap is now around $181 billion. So in perspective, even though things are in the red this morning, the crypto market cap is pretty high relative to the rest of 2019. This is 81% above the bear market low of $100 billion in December. The highest the crypto market cap got was $188.5 billion back when Bitcoin was at $5,800 a couple of times. So we're not that far below the peak 2019 levels for the crypto market. Indeed, Bitcoin's only down less than $200 from its peak price of 2019. So we're still in striking distance of new all-time highs if the market could turn bullish. But this morning, for the first time in a while, I'm seeing plenty of selling pressure, even a little more than the buying pressure. So the trend over the past month, at least, has been more buying pressure than selling pressure. That's kind of leveled off. I guess that's because Bitcoin's price has gone up so much. So that reduces the buying pressure a bit because people are a little more uncertain. Is Bitcoin going to keep going up? I believe in the long term, Bitcoin will go up. There are two major reasons for this. The first simple one is that the block happening is coming in about one year, about one year, maybe two or three weeks. It's coming in late May 2020. And the block having is when the Bitcoin block reward for mining goes down in half and the bitcoin miners are constantly selling their bitcoin on the market for their revenue stream and basically that will be cut in half that selling pressure and that does cause a significant 
decrease in Bitcoin selling pressure and can lead to a rally. In fact, every block having we've had in the past has led to a major rally. Another factor that's perhaps even more important is the stock market. So since January 2018, the Dow Jones has been going sideways and volatile. It's been stuck below resistance at 27,000. And a little known fact is that Bitcoin launched in 2009 and for its entire life, there has not been any sort of stock recession at all. So from 2009 all the way through the end of 2017, stocks were going up. It was a bull market for the stock market during Bitcoin's existence so far. And even since the beginning of 2018 and now, the stock market hasn't gone into recession. It's just been going sideways and volatile, which might be the first sign of a recession. And then we had that bond yield curve inverted about a month ago. So when the bond yield curve inverts for the federal treasury bonds and also other treasury bonds for other countries around the world, when it inverts, that's usually a 100% sign that there is a stock market recession coming within the next year. So that has already happened. That's a precursor for a stock recession. And then I'm looking at the futures markets this morning, and they're down over 400 points for the Dow Jones. So it's looking like a very abysmal day on the stock market. So we're going to see if that affects the Bitcoin and crypto market today. And I'm not saying stocks are going to be crashing this week or even this month or even like for the rest of this year. The bond yield curve suggests that there will be a stock crash sometime in about a year from when it happened about a month ago. So that's not like an instant indicator, but the stocks are showing weakness. Apparently, the trade war between the United States and China is getting bad. So China and the United States weren't talks to fix this trade war, which is basically when the United States puts tariffs on Chinese imports and China puts uh, tariffs on United States imports. So the United States has fallen out of talks with China and they're going to put a lot of tariffs. And there was already a lot of tariffs even before now and it's only getting more extreme. So the tariffs kind of slow down the economy because it becomes more expensive to import and export. And so Asian stocks have really crashed. Like in China, their stock index in Shanghai is down like 6%. That's a lot for the stock market. Europe is down about 2%, and now we're seeing the Dow Jones futures are down about less than 2%. And so it's going to be a very bad start to the day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time when the New York Stock Exchange opens. And we'll keep our eyes on that. How is that going to affect the crypto market? And it will be interesting to watch in general in the future. If we really do see the stock recession come, will that cause Bitcoin to rally? I think it will because basically stocks will be losing tons of money. It won't be a profitable investment. Plus, bond yields will go towards zero because when stocks crash, people rush out of stocks and go into bonds just to hold their money in a safe way without losing money. But that causes the bond yield to go to zero because there's a lot of demand for the bonds. And then that's only going to leave probably like Bitcoin is one of the only profitable options in the world for investment. So I believe we will be seeing diversification on a scale we've never seen before of stock investors putting their money into Bitcoin, at least a fraction of it, because they'll see Bitcoin's the only thing making money. And that could cause a rapid feedback loop because the Bitcoin market cap's only around $100 billion right now. And we're talking there's tens of trillions of dollars in stocks. So if only a small fraction of that money in stocks is put into Bitcoin, it would cause a Bitcoin rally like we've never seen before. And then that would have a feedback loop where it's rallying so much people are jumping in on it to get it. And yeah, like the block happening plus a coming stock recession would be enough to bring us to new all-time highs, I believe. So I'm keeping my eye on the stock market too. Now for the first interesting story of the day. So Craig Wright has been ordered by the federal court of the United States to publish a list of his Bitcoin addresses. So Craig Wright who claims to be Satoshi, but a lot of people call him fake Toshi. He's at least the founder of Bitcoin SV and a crypto influencer. 
He has claimed to be Satoshi, but he has not proved he is. He would have to sign a message with the keys from the Genesis block or something like that to prove he's Satoshi, but he has refused to do so. So most people think he is not Satoshi. But anyways, he, he is going around claiming he's Satoshi a lot, and now the federal court is asking him to show his Bitcoin addresses, and that would be the irrefutable proof if he's Satoshi or not. Uh, so why is the federal court ordering this? Well, he's been in a court case. So Craig Wright and Dave Kleinman, uh, years ago, t towards the beginning of Bitcoin, around 2009, 2010, 2011, they were in a business partnership and they were mining Bitcoins together. Apparently, Dave Kleinman and Craig Wright mined over 1 million Bitcoins together and none of that was given to Dave Kleinman's family. So Dave Kleinman unfortunately died, I think in around 2013 or so. So he died and his family did not get any of the Bitcoins he mined. Theoretically, they should have got around half of them, but Craig Wright kind of ran off and said, they were not owed anything. In fact, Craig Wright approached like Dave Kleiman's brother, Ira, and was saying, hey, let's do a process here to get you some of the Bitcoins that you're owed or all of them. And then Craig Wright kind of got a lot of info out of Ira Kleinman and then ran away. And that really like angered Ira. And now they're in federal court. So the federal court is basically trying to ascertain how much Bitcoin does Craig Wright have. Specifically, they're asking for how much Bitcoin does Craig Wright have in like 2013 so they're asking for a specific day in 2013 to show how much bitcoin he had because that's around when dave Kleiman died and the business partnership was basically dissolved at that point or you know put on pause because he was dead and that's the point where dave Kleiman's family should have got the bitcoin so they're trying to ascertain how much bitcoin did he have then craig wright tried very hard to say that the federal court can't do this he tried to get it like a motion passed so he wouldn't have to show his bitcoin addresses and by the way, there's a caveat to all of this. The federal court did agree that it, it would be a redacted statement. So Craig Wright tried to also say that this information can't be put out to the public. But the federal court said, yes, it can be put out to the public, but it's going to be redacted. So we're not sure what exactly we're going to get here. But it's due within about 10 days or so by the middle of May. Uh, Craig Wright has to, by law, issue a list of his Bitcoin addresses on a certain day in 2013 and the amounts of Bitcoins that are in the address. And if they actually release that uh, info to the public without censoring it, then blockchain forensics experts could easily verify if Craig Wright is Satoshi or not, which would be a bombshell news story and really important for the history of Bitcoin. But it might come out really redacted and they might like put you know black ink over the addresses or something. So we're just going to wait and see how this turns out. There's a lot of news sites running around saying uh, Craig Wright has to publish Satoshi's Bitcoin addresses. Uh, there's no guarantee we're going to get any info out of this. It might just be a list of addresses with amounts, but the addresses might be blotted out because that's what redacted means. So, uh, zooming out, this is the most interesting court case in the history of Bitcoin. At the very least, it's going to reveal a lot about the early days of Bitcoin because regardless of Craig Wright Satoshi or not, he was definitely there since the beginning. And they did mine over 1 million Bitcoins together, Dave Kleiman and Craig Wright. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this case proceeds. Moving on to the next story. Apparently, the Commodity Futures Trading Commission is ready to approve an Ethereum futures contract. So we already have Bitcoin futures contracts on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange CME. And like we've talked about on many past shows, it has not really been a good thing for the Bitcoin market. It precipitated that crash that started on December 17, 2017 from the $20,000 level. That's the day the Bitcoin futures launched on CME and the same day the bear market started, basically. It introduced a lot of short selling pressure and the Bitcoin futures contracts were backed by cash instead of actually being Bitcoins. So every time a Bitcoin futures contract was created or bought, it was basically like printing Bitcoins. 
So it's inflating the Bitcoin supply beyond like the actual amount of Bitcoins. Plus, it's introducing a lot of short selling pressure. And I'm assuming that they're not going to be having physical Ethereum features here. And so this will just be the same sort of thing as the Bitcoin features on CME. It'll be like cash backed Ethereum features, introducing short selling pressure and printing Ethereum. Basically, not really a good thing. So this is possibly we will see Ethereum features contracts soon. I don't think it's a good thing, though. For a long time, backed, which is uh, backed by the Intercontinental Exchange, ICE, and it's spelled B-A-K-K-T. Uh, they've been trying to launch physical Bitcoin futures, which are backed by actual Bitcoins, and people that buy the physical Bitcoin futures could receive actual Bitcoins the same day that they buy the futures. Well, the CFTC has not allowed through physical Bitcoin futures at all, even though that's what would be good for the market. If we actually had physical Bitcoin futures, then institutional capital that's being put into these futures markets would go towards increasing the spot demand for Bitcoin. But the CFTC has been very against it so far. It's uncertain if it's coming uh, backed. Their whole business model is based on that, and they say it's still coming at some point in the future, but they don't have a launch date for that. But it's disconcerting to see that we're probably going to see yet another cash-backed crypto future, the Ethereum futures. The CFTC has definitely been siding with having cash-backed uh, crypto futures versus physical crypto futures, and that's essentially the same as supporting futures that hurt the market versus allowing futures that help the market by increasing spot demand. So you got to be very careful when you're reading news about coming futures markets, because if it's cash-backed futures, then it's not good for the market. But if it's physical crypto futures, like if this was physical Ethereum, then that would be good for the market. But it's likely not physical Ethereum futures, because there's no sign of that in the news about this. And also the CFTC has been absolutely opposed to launching physical Bitcoin futures. Moving on to the next story. Fidelity is apparently going to be offering Bitcoin buying and selling to a select few customers to start. So Fidelity is a major stock brokerage and trading firm. They have lots of stock investors that use Fidelity. And they're following in the footsteps of E-Trade and Robinhood, which are also stock trading platforms that offer Bitcoin. And this perhaps has to do with what I was talking about earlier in the show, how the stock market might be going into a recession in the near future and then investors in the stock market would want to diversify some of their money into bitcoin so fidelity is getting ready for that perhaps i'm just speculating but yeah if there's a big surge of investment coming from the stock market into bitcoin then fidelity would be ready for that moving on to the next story so the flurry of news about bitfinex and tether continues to come out it started when the new york attorney general's office sued bitfinex and tether in the new york supreme court so that was over a week ago now and since then, we've been seeing news story after news story about Bitfinex and Tether. So Bitfinex has been going back and forth in the court with the New York Attorney General's office. So the New York Attorney General's office has issued their proof. The court asked them for proof that Bitfinex is committing fraud here, and they showed their proof. The New York Attorney General's office says that Bitfinex failed to tell their clients and investors that they had lost $851 million in crypto capital. And then Bitfinex took... $525 million at least from the cash reserves of Tether and put it in Bitfinex in order to handle client withdrawals. And so Tether is supposed to be backed for one-to-one -one with a dollar in a bank account for every Tether that is issued. And in November 2018, that ended, and no one really knew that. It, by early 2019, at some point, they put on the website that Tether is backed by the cash reserves and cash equivalents. Well, the case is that actually... Tether is missing a large amount of money, 
and basically bet for next word an IOU, like, yeah, we're going to pay it back, but that's not backed by anything at this point. They got a $900 million line of credit, and that's how they've been plugging the gap for Tether and Bitfinex. So basically they got, like, a huge credit card, and they're charging it up in order to handle all the withdrawal and redemption requests from Bitfinex and Tether. So the New York Attorney General's office believes this is illegal, and they're telling that to the court. And... They say they have authority under the Martin Act in order to prosecute Bitfinex and Tether to protect investors in New York and across the country, basically. And then we have Bitfinex also responding to the court saying that there is no harm here and no victims and no fraud. They're basically saying it's okay to uh, have a fractional reserve sort of banking with credit and loans and all the stuff they're doing. And we'll see how this goes. The New York Attorney General's office is dead set on prosecuting Bitfinex and Tether. And they probably have the jurisdiction to do so based on the info I see here. So we're going to have to watch this closely. Now we're waiting for the Supreme Court of New York's response. Basically what the New York Attorney General's office is trying to do is they're trying to get an injunction on Bitfinex and Tether in order so they can't touch the money in Tether anymore. Like they'll basically freeze that money that's in Tether's bank account and... Maybe they would allow people to redeem their tether with the money, but they're not going to allow Bitfinex to touch that money anymore. They would freeze that $900 million line of credit and freeze any other internal actions between Bitfinex and tether where they're moving money around in order to kind of like pause the situation as it is and then handle it from here. So that would probably cause a big shockwave to ripple through the crypto market. Tether would probably crash really hard. Bitfinex would have its premium go crazy. So already Tether is below 99 cents. And we have Bitfinex is over $6,000 right now, while Bitstamp is just over $5,600. So we have like an almost $400 premium on Bitfinex. And that's from a continuous stream of people buying Bitcoin with their fiat funds on Bitfinex in order to withdraw their Bitcoin quickly instead of waiting for a wire transfer. So that uh, premium has actually dragged up the crypto market over the past week because basically there was an arbitrage opportunity, there probably still is, where people could buy a Bitcoin on like Bitstamp or Coinbase or other exchanges, Binance and Bittrex, and then sell it on Bitfinex and make a profit in USD. So that arbitrage has probably been dragging up the market, but if the New York Attorney General's office gets its way, it would go from arbitrage opportunity to like full-blown panic and failure, God forbid. So we'll see how this plays out, and I'm keeping a close eye on how this is playing out because it's going to have big implications for the rest of the crypto market. As of now, the Supreme Court of New York has not done anything yet against Bitfinex and Tether, but it's possible that any time now they could do something, or they could say, hey, you know, we're throwing the case out. That's also the other possibility. I don't think that's going to happen, though. So I'm just watching and waiting to see what the Supreme Court of New York does, and if they follow the Attorney General of New York's advice, which is to pretty much freeze Bitfinex and Tether. Moving on to the next story. Apparently it has come to light that there's a single Bitcoin Cash address that has sent like half of the transactions on the network. So it started making transactions on April 8th and it has made over 575,000 transactions. And in that same period of time since April 8th, the Bitcoin Cash blockchain has processed 1.17 million transactions. So this one address accounts for 49% of all the Bitcoin Cash transactions over the past month, basically. And there's some speculation here, and it is merely speculation that this is in order to uh, increase the transaction volume for Bitcoin Cash and make it appear that Bitcoin Cash is more active and getting healthier. Because if someone were look 
were to look at the transaction volume chart for Bitcoin Cash or the transaction frequency, they would see a lot more transactions suddenly, and that could be a reason for them to buy it, perhaps, because they'd see it's becoming more used. Well, in this case, someone's sending, like, one penny back and forth, and they have sent a total of, like, $19,300 only, and have received about $20,500, and they're probably losing almost nothing in transaction fees. Bitcoin Cash does have very low transaction fees, so they're sending literally a penny back and forth, and inflating like by double basically like they're a hundred percent increase in the transaction frequency for bitcoin cash i don't want to speculate what exactly this is maybe it's some sort of clever robot that's making someone a lot of money or a little money and i'm not just going to assume that it's because someone's trying to make bitcoin cash look healthier so but it's an interesting thing that there's a single bitcoin cash user basically that's inflating the transaction frequency of the network by a hundred percent so that's all I have for you today on this May 6, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode and go to Crypto.IQ 24-7 for the most interesting stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. Also join the Crypto.IQ Trading Desk. They made 314% profit since July, even in the worst of the bear market. And if you join the Crypto.IQ Trading Desk, you can see their trades in real time. And there's a full trade analysis of each trade. Just by reading their trade analysis, you can become an expert crypto trader. But it gets even better. You could ask the Crypto.IQ traders questions in real time, and they'll answer your questions pretty quickly. So the Crypto.IQ Trading Desk is the best way to become an expert and profitable cryptocurrency trader. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out. I remain in space.